You're now tuning into the Barely Hibernating Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Hustle Podcast Network, featuring Bear Report's own Usaid Kosho and fan-sided Sam Stevenson and AJ Desai. Here are your hosts. Yo, what's going on? And this is the Barely Hibernating Podcast uh, with myself, AJ Desai4, and Usaid Kosho. You can follow both of us on Twitter, AJ Desai4, and Usaid Kosho. How's it going? You said there's a lot of things that's going on in Hallis Hall, man. Just, just let, Let's just vent about it, man. I, I just don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's been a lot going on, dude. Obviously, I didn't get a chance to catch the season-ending presser today with George, Ted, Matt, and Ryan Pace talking. All right, I actually just got home. I was able to catch it on the way home, just had my AirPods in. There's a lot of stuff said. When I was on Twitter throughout the day, it was very clear that like people are pissed off and people are upset. And then the whole time I'm looking at all this, right, is it's just like, dude, you have a right to be pissed off and upset. You know, you can be mad, but just be let's be real about something. I mean, the damn decisions that these guys make, right? People saw this coming from a mile away. Our episodes, which, you know, drop every Wednesday morning, we've said this, you know, the Bears are an organization. They make these moves a year too early or a year too late. It's like they moved on from Jay a year too early. All right, Jay Cutler, the QB, without having a definitive plan in place. All right, or they had a plan in place. All right, and then, you know, now you're moving on from Pace and Nagy a year too late. So it's been crazy, dude. We're going to break the whole conference down for you guys from, you know, good guy George all the way down to uh, Ryan Pace. But, dude, what were your initial thoughts on all this? Man, like when I when I saw Brad Biggs tweet out that the idea is to retain Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace for 2021, I just thought that like the whole brass was coming back together. And it just seemed like, you know, it doesn't seem like this organization like when I was when I was listening to the press conference, you said it really felt like that, like this team has no idea what they're know what they're doing. I mean, like, you look at what George McCaskey said, like, he was impressed with what Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace did. Well, what did they do that impressed you so bad up in that suite level or up in that owner's suite? I mean, you know, it, it's just it, it's just crazy. Like, when we look at this Bears team, we expected a lot of things from 2018 uh, when we went 12-4, and four, and everyone thought, like, I was one of them, you know? Everyone thought all these uh, all these Bears fans, and I love all of you, and I love having conversations with all of you. It's that you know, from twelve and four, how did we not be an improved team? Like it just it just seemed like like there was a question on Twitter about this. Um, explain the transitions from um, twenty eighteen to twenty twenty. It just seems like this team is lost ever since like that twelve um, that twenty eighteen season because you know me and you say we've always talked about this and we've talked about this in the in the past podcasts um, and we knew that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace weren't going to go anywhere so the ex- expectation of them moving on from these two maybe the Bears are like okay these are the, probably the most smartest guys that we hired. And we are the dumb ones. Let's just keep these two. But my reaction to it all is just, you know, when George McCaskey said that, like, I ask other owners on how to make decisions for my football team, why are you an owner of a football team? Like, what are you doing? It's it's not even, let me kind of get involved here. It's not even the fact that, like, oh, yeah, you know, this guy's asking for other people's input, right? It's just, like, when he made that comment, right, it was pretty sad because it was like, dude, you're making this comment 
and you're saying, oh, I go to like other people for input on my football team. And it's just like, so you're admitting straight up you're not good enough to be able to make decisions about your own football team. Essentially is what it is, which just again goes back to all of this is just like, this is not a football first ownership group here in Chicago. This is a business first ownership group. And you and I, you know, we've established this. It's just like, you know, no one cares, dude, about the fancy, you know, marketing and all the commercials and et cetera, that type of stuff. And the billboards on like 294, you know, saying, yo, get your season tickets at whatever, you know, bears.com or something. It's like all fans want is a winner because the Bears fan base, this is a type of fan base where you don't have to market like crazy. If you put a winning product on the field, the profits are going to be tenfold compared to like what you're getting now. Yeah, man. Um, as as a season ticket holder, I mean, you know, I inherited my tickets from my aunt um, who moved to Ohio. I think I, I think I elaborated that on on Twitter. Um, I didn't pay for these guys, you know. I mean, I inherited them, so I mean, you know, why would you sell season tickets if you bought them for like two grand back in two thousand one and then sell them for thirty eight grand right now? I mean, it's just it's just stupid, you know. I mean, they're up for sale right now. If anyone wants them, section three thirteen, row four, seats five, six, and seven and eight. Go ahead, go go check them out. I mean, I'll take your best offer but like i mean hey you know this bears team like after 2018 uh well like let me let me go back a little bit hired john fox right and after john fox's first season they went six and ten they they raised the season ticket prices they keep they kept on raising the season ticket prices but for what you know, you only have two playoff appearances to show it for. I mean if you want to even go in deeper with in deeper with in the last two decades you have six playoff appearances a Super Bowl appearance, and that's basically it. So I mean, you know, these season ticket holders, you know, I I feel I feel um pretty pretty sad for them because you know they spend a lot of money. I mean, yeah, I know it's money. I mean, yeah, you can make the argument that oh we have money. I mean, I mean like that's just not the case. You know, we love this team. We bleed blue and blue and orange, man. I mean. Like when in 2018, I was so excited, you know, going to the Bears games because I, I, I wasn't able to go to school that year. So um, I just went to all the home Bear games and it was so fun. You know, that Rams game, huge memories. And I really thought that like from that game, I thought we were going to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, it was just like from there, everything just went clean down at the 2018 season. Vic Fangio left us. And, you know, that's our, that, that was our preemptive coach of the year. And it's just like they fired Chuck Pagano. I mean, I don't buy it for a second that this man retired. I think they bought this guy into their office and they said, like, Chuck, you're not going to work out. We got to let you go. And this man said, I'm going to retire. So, I mean, this man, he was going to be fired. Like I said, I'm just repeating myself. He was going to get fired. But this guy just said that I'm just going to retire because no other team is going to want me. And then, like, just to be on top, Ed Phillips back as CEO of this football team. And, like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of fans are like, Ted Phillips is just a bystander. No, he isn't. Okay? Why does Ryan Pace report to Ted Phillips? Why? Like, we're still doing this from when Lovey was here. Like, this is going to turn into a whole Lovey situation because our – Chairman of the board, George McCaskey, and our CEO of the football team just love to meddle into our GM and our head coach. So it's just a matter of me as an organization that this team, like like you mentioned, you said, it's just business over winning. You know, they care about these billboards. 
They care about these commercials. They care about Bears 100. They care about Bears care. They care about all this stuff, salvation, hunger, and stuff. Well, what about the fans? What about the fans that come come to your stadium on the lakefront that spend hundreds of dollars on tickets? And I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about like thousands of dollars that these people spend on suites. You know, what about them? You know, I don't. Yeah, and and you know, just looking at a lot of the comments that George McCaskey made today, because like I write for the Bear Report, which is an accredited organization, so like my publishers in these press conferences, and you know, obviously we go ahead and you know I get like transcribed quotes. I have the full press conference transcribed right now in my inbox, and one of the notable things as I was going through it earlier today was just the fact that like George made some comment about how yeah, you know what, we're closer to the 2019 team than we are to the 2018 team, and then you look at that and you realize like okay, so you were you finished eight and eight essentially for two years last year you were eliminated in 2019 you were eliminated from the playoffs in week 15 because you couldn't beat green bay all right this year you are win two against green bay and you had to win against green bay to even get into the playoffs but because of the rams you essentially back your way into the playoffs so just looking at it dude it's just like if you're george mccaskey it's like where do you go from here should be the question but you're not really going anywhere because it's like I said this on Twitter to someone the other day. I tweeted at that same person. Again, it's just like the organization has no direction, right? And a lot of people are, yeah, well, Ryan Pace has built like a really good roster. And the fact is that like he's hit on everything outside the QB position. Look, you guys are 100% right about that. If this was two or three years ago, I would have been like, listen, let's keep Ryan Pace around for at least another year or two. But it's not the case anymore. The guy's been here for six years. Matt Nagy's going into year four. All right, let me get the pace for He's been here for six years. All right. We are still figuring out quarterback. The guys missed out on three or four opportunities. All right. We saw the last year, the model was going to be competition going into the off season. All right. We look at that. The competition landed us Nick Foles and Jermaine and Fetty. All right. And, you know, quite frankly, was there really even a competition when you were keeping Sam Mistifer and Alex Spars hidden away until the end of week 12? or until week 12 essentially rolled around. And then add on, let's get to Nagy now. It's just like, dude, you're going into year four with Nagy, and we still have zero identity on offense, all right? By year four, the good teams, the good coaches, are able to go ahead and figure out, hey, this is the identity that we have on offense. This is the way we want to do things. And don't even bring up Mitch Trubisky right now, because he's a totally separate issue. And you and I have established this forever, right? Is the fact that, like, Mitch is an issue, but Nagy's also an issue. But bad coaching and incompetence, right, holds teams back more than people think. I mean, this is essentially, right, like, people want to talk about, like, bad. This Bears team is not as bad as, like, the 2014 Trustman team or any of the Trustman teams, right? But it's still getting to the point where it's like you have such a talented roster. Why is it we're only winning eight games? Why is it we're bringing back the same decision makers who dug themselves into this hole in the first place? This is ultimately what it comes down to. And then you look at the comments that, like, George is making and Ted's making. It's very clear, dude. These guys are 100% confident in McCaskey. I'm sorry. They're 100% confident in Pace and Haggy. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like to me that like this, this organization, it's just like, you know, we don't want to disrupt the consistency. That's what it really seemed like that Ted Phillips and George McCaskey were saying that we didn't want to disrupt, disrupt, disrupt any, sorry for the tongue twister there, but uh, disrupt any consistency. And, you know, if eight and eight, is being consistent and if you're impressed by this stuff i mean i don't know what to tell you but like you know like you mentioned you know naggy this is his fourth year and he has yet to bring in um identity to this offense and like many Pierce fans would argue to me that like oh in 2018 he had that but like you know when you're a rookie head coach a lot of things work 
All right. You know, you keep your you keep the defense guessing on their heels in the first year. A rookie head coach does a lot of good things that a lot of defenses aren't prepared for, you know, and that's the reason why, you know, our defense was well coached by uh, Vic Fangio in 2018. And then we were able to win a lot of games because of hence the defense. So, I mean, the de facto coach of the year goes to Vic Fangio. So, where Nagy is getting all those praises from, I don't get it. But he is 16-16 and in the last two years. That's a 500 record. Um, Simple maths there. But it's just, like, I don't get it. Like, you know, you have a tough schedule next year. You have no identity on offense. There's a question about Allen Robinson staying on this um, you don't have your quarterback situation solved yet. I mean, Nick Foles is not your long-term preemptive starter. He's only going to be here for the next two years. So he's going to be that bridge that um, sits, uh, that starts in place of the rookie quarterback that you draft. Or you go out and you make a big balls trade for a Carson Wentz or Derek Carr or Deshaun Watson, whoever it may be. But like you said, you said, man, like no identity. And plus you just added like the Bears are in a tough spot, man. You know, like, don't don't look at our schedule and be like, oh, we can beat this team and we can beat that team. No. You know, half of those teams that have, have done bad this year, they'll be good next year. Cincinnati, I think they're going to be a nine-win team next year. I really do think that. Yeah, and then another team that they're playing is Arizona, right? And Arizona is yep. a team that they nearly made the playoffs this year. They lost to the Rams, and that's the reason the Bears got in. But the point is, is Arizona with another year under Kyler Murray, that's a really good team. Because Kyler's chemistry with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins is going to go. And I seriously think Kyler's only getting better from here on out. But, like, you look at the quarterback comments made by Ryan Pace, and it's essentially, hey, listen, everything's on the table. And what that means is that they're going to tr- – when you say everything's on the table, right, like Pace reiterated five or six years ago, and then that ultimately landed us Mitch Trubisky, is the fact that he's basically saying, hey, look, I'm willing to trade up for a quarterback – I'm willing to go ahead and trade for a quarterback. I'll even dip in the free agent market and look at a quarterback. And I was on spot track after we recorded last night and I saw the quarterbacks. Listen, it's been long known. The only free agent quarterback that could come here and significantly help the bears is Dak Prescott. All right. In terms of trading up, you're picking at 20th overall in the first round of the NFL draft, right? And there is some excitement because for the first time in three years, the bears have a first round pick, but with that 20th overall pick, like, Trevor, you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, so you might as well toss those out the window. Realistically, you could go with Josh Allen, Mac Jones, or um, the w- kid from North Dakota State, Trey Lance, right? That's obviously an option. But even that, you look at it, you look at some of the teams that are picking ahead of Chicago, and you realize, oh my God, New England has a need at quarterback, right? The Vikings, even though they're locked into Kirk Cousins, right? They could potentially be looking for a uh, quarterback. And then you have these other teams like the Falcons, for example, right? They need quarterbacks as well. So the point is, is that the Bears are in a bit of conundrum here, even with regards to trading up, because they're going to have to sacrifice a lot more capital than they would like, because there are just so many other teams ahead of them that need quarterbacks. And then just look within the own 
within the NFC North, right? Like Detroit's another team. They're picking ahead of the Bears. I don't know exactly where Detroit is picking, but yo, if they move on from Matthew Stafford, who his future is going to be decided by the GM that the Lions end up hiring here over the next couple of days, whatever happens with Matt Stafford, right, is going to be determined by the next GM. And all of a sudden, if they ship Stafford out of town, that's another team that's probably looking at a quarterback. So this is a bad position for the Bears to be in. And as much as I don't want Mitch Trubisky back, you know what? I've written both sides of the story and all the work that I've done for multiple platforms, but it's looking likely, dude, that the Bears could be running it back with Trubisky and Foles in 2021, and fans aren't going to like that, but that's one of the options left on the table. I know who I know a certain group of fans that would love that, the Mitch Trubisky Truthers, but, you know, I'm not going to even talk about him right now. Like, if you're just going to say that 25 points by that man is justifiable by keeping him on the Bears roster next year, dude, do you have a brain? Like, that's 12 and a half points per game, dude. That's worse than the John Fox era. John Fox actually knew how to run the football, you know? And Matt Nagy struggles at that. I mean, these last five games of the season, I think four of them were against bad defenses, right? And... What David Montgomery was able to do in those four games, I'm not knocking the person. I'm a huge fan of the Iowa State Cyclones, but I don't support them. I support Notre Dame originally, but I love Iowa State athletes. I mean, I went to high school in Iowa. I know a lot of Iowa State football players that play in the NFL now, Alan Lazard and all those guys. Um, Here's the thing. David Montgomery is the guy that can be used up to 250 to 300 carries. I just don't think Matt Nagy sees that. And, you know, he did use that at the end of the season, but the first 10 weeks, like, like we always talk about, doesn't even use him. And it's just, it, it hurts. It hurts me. It hurts everyone else. And it's just like, you know, if you want to keep Trubisky, build the offensive line, literally put him out to succeed. What's hard to understand about that? Like, okay, like I may not want Trubisky on this team next year, but why can't the Bears put him in a spot to succeed like what Lamar Jackson is being done with in Baltimore, Josh Allen in Buffalo? Um, what else? There's another example. Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. I mean, Andy Reid has constructed the entire offense for Patrick Mahomes. For Patrick Mahomes. And- yeah, and, 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 and let me just add in there. Is that's the way the NFL is going, right? Is it's not about just drafting a rookie quarterback and then inserting this guy into any kind of offense or the scheme that the coaches have implemented. It's more so about drafting the quarterback and building the offense around what that player can and can't do. And the reality of the situation is, hey, listen, right? Y'all... People that want Matt Nagy around, I will say this much. The fact that it took three and a half years, essentially, to figure out the offense and to build it around Trubisky's strength, which was play action, bootlegs, right? A strong running game. Like, any head coach or any other legitimate franchise, that guy would have been fired on Monday morning. Let's be real about it. Because Nagy's taken way too long to figure out the offense, right? And then you look at, like, Pace's comments today of, yeah, I, you know, we've developed an identity. And it's just like, yo, your identity doesn't matter anymore because for the next eight, nine months, right? There's a chance that in four months, you're selecting another quarterback. In another two months, you're going to have to decide on Trubisky who's hitting free agency, right? And so it's just like, you look at it, right? Like your offense in this league, right? This is such a generic statement. It's predicated on the quarterback, but you have to build around the quarterback, right? The Bears haven't been good around the quarterback either, right? And so you look at like this quote-unquote offensive identity. Nagy took too long to figure out an identity. And now it's just like, we're going into year four and we're going to hit reset all over again. 
No, definitely we are. We're just like, you know, I'm sorry, Bears fans. I'm sorry for being negative, but like, you know, we're screwed. I mean, if the Bears can't find a way to figure out what this quarterback position is, we're going to be done for. We're done so. Next year, like, I have the schedule pulled up. Let me just, I mean, the Bears are picking 20, and it's just like, like you mentioned earlier, you said, like, they're not going to be in the in, in the ballpark of picking a quarterback, but, like, this Bears schedule in 21 is gruesome. Like, look at this. Check this shit. Check, check this stuff out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for swearing there, but you got the Arizona Cardinals, the San Francisco 49ers, who were injury plagued last year, who will be better next year, the Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, like we talked about, the Cleveland Browns, who are uh, an improved team. We have our division rivals as usual the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Seattle Seahawks up in Seattle, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the, and the, Los, Angeles, and the Los Angeles Rams. Those are not the teams that you want to sit back and experiment with because. Like, you saw this six-game losing streak. You know, we lost to Tennessee. You know, that was the number one ranked offense at that time, right? And we lost to them because we can't get a single play call down the field longer than 15 yards. I get it was Nick Foles, right? But, dude, that offensive line is so garbage, dude, with Rashard Coward, you know? And it's just... It, it just hurts. You know, this Bears team, their fans deserve a lot more. And it's just like, well, one for A, their coaching staff isn't using the players correctly. The GM provides these players, but their coaching staff doesn't use them correctly. And just, you know, well, why should Pace, uh, Pace be at fault when he's not the one that's coaching? He's the one that's providing all these players, right? But then again, you got to look at it from a coaching standpoint. Like, why isn't Mitch allowed to use his legs more? Like, wh- why is that being taken away? Why are you forcing him to do something that he can't do? Like, that was the question from 2019. Everyone ignored it because we had a kicking problem, right? And then by the Saints game, and I think it was week seven, I was at the game with Austin, right? We were garbage, dude. We had no identity on the field. Week one, the same thing, 2019, week one. We only scored three points, dude. So this entire 2020 season was weighing on that 2019 season, and that was just the beginning. Now we're in the shits. Next year, we're going to be down the gutter if we can't do anything and we can't fix this um, QB position. It all starts at the QB position. You know, I I respect Mitch. I like the guy, but he need like our coaching staff needs to understand to put talent around him. Maybe they did, and maybe they tried to use it. Maybe Mitch sucks. I don't know. All right, I don't know him personally to know what's going on, but it's just you like again, put your quarterback in a position to succeed. And the Bears didn't do that. Yeah, and you look at like the culture the culture comments that Ted Phillips was making today and it's just like, yo, it's very clear to me it's just like, listen, the best coaches from day 1 build the best culture, which Nagy did in 2018, right? And he still managed to keep a lot of the good culture around the house, all, but we're not seeing the results. And so I go back to what I just said a moment ago, right? The best coaches build the best culture, but good culture is also maintained through winning games consistently. Like there were times, you know, and we've seen this multiple times. It's just like, dude, the defense is completely deflated and you're really doing a disservice to the defense by keeping around, you know, pace and I'm sorry, not keeping around pace and Nagy, but you're really doing a service to the defense when your offense is as bad as it is and for the bald guy who's the offensive guru here like this falls solely on his shoulders right like you took this job knowing that you were gonna have to work with Mitch Trubisky and 
it hasn't worked out. And now you're going into an off season where you're basically saying, yeah, so the entire off season is going to be predicated on quarterback. But the reality of the situation is that with things like limited resources, with so many other needs, you can address quarterback. But then if you address quarterback, what tends to happen is you're probably letting, you know, offensive line go. You're probably letting the wide, the crucial wide receiver position go. And there's even a chance next year that Darnell Mooney's the only wide receiver under contract. Yeah. We're going to be in a tough spot next year. It's just like, you know, the bears, they needed to do this start the start of 2019. And I get it. I, I like, you know, I love researching NFL franchises and their, and their finances and stuff. I mean, you know, I did it. I did a huge project in college about it. Like, well, how can they afford players? Trust me, these guys can. All right. This whole COVID thing is an excuse. All right. Like, I get it. The salary cap went down to 176. Now it's, I think, at 186. Now I think that's the final number you said. You can correct me on that. But I'm not sure what the number is going to be. I predicted it to be around like 205, 206. But now, if that number does go up to there, that gives the Bears some breathing room. But, like, as the number it is right now and over the cap, it's break-even. The Bears are down half a million dollars, um, and they're in a tough spot. Like we, like I keep on saying in this uh, in this live podcast here, and, you know, they, they have to, like, to me, and I saw it on Twitter yesterday, like, these two being back signifies another big QB move. I think yeah. they're going to make another big QB move. Yeah, definitely. And George McCaskey said today, he's like, listen, Matt and Brian are essentially what you call solution-oriented, meaning we are putting our faith. I'm putting my faith in these two guys to be able to figure it out. And you look at some of the comments that people are making on Twitter. You know, we asked for your um, opinions, guys. You know, tweet at us all the time on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at barely underscore pod, right? One guy, Storm, who's a avid listener you know shout out to storm uh, at windy city 0810 he asks he's like yeah why didn't want why didn't they want to talk about their contracts like are they hiding something so for me i'll get this one started right i really think what it is is this is yeah they've got to be hiding something because i believe that adam johns of the athletic he mentioned that Nagy signed a five-year deal in 2018 which would have you know put him through 2022 but pace i think is on like a four-year deal or something which would mean that 2021 is his last year the reality of the situation is this is listen they were never gonna there was talk right of them firing pace and naggy at one point but you look at this ownership dude this is the same ownership group right that is willing to let guys finish out contracts they're not going to pay people who are not making decisions at hallows hall is what it comes down to and so is ted phillips hiding something because he's not involved in football operations he's involved in people's contract extensions okay listen there's a big discrepancy here and those comments were being taken out of context right is that ted phillips hands out the contract. He was the team accountant at one point. He oversees the financial side of things. He's not involved in football operations and him not being involved in football operations essentially means that he's not the guy giving you know anyone input on what to do at quarterback or who you should trade for or how much money is going to be going to a significant player. Pace has his own set of guys, right? Like Joey Lane, like Josh Lucas, right? Like um, I forgot the director of scouting right i think like champ kelly's one of them right pace has his own set of football guys ted's not involved in any of the decisions that ryan pace makes ted's involved in other financial things though like who gets a contract extension who gets things of that sort of nature 
but well, yeah, you know, yeah. going back to yeah, going back to Storm's question, right? Like, look, dude, they're not necessarily hiding anything because if they did have a contract extension, right, then someone, whether it's here locally, like Biggs or you know, Adam Johns or Adam Hogue, or someone on the national level, they would have leaked it out anyway. I mean, you know, like even if that's right, if uh, if if Ted Phillips is that guy at the financial office, it's just um, then if. If McCaskey does trust these two to get it right, then there is reason to see these two back. I mean, I mean, why would they bring them back if they don't trust them? I mean, it's it's a business. I mean, they just probably brought them back because they think that they can get it right. Um, and I, I I saw this article about Ted Thompson. Um, keep swinging until you don't miss something like that on quarterback, and um, he did pretty well out there in Green Bay. He drafted uh, Brett Favre, I think it was, and no. Sorry, no, Aaron Rodgers. He drafted Aaron Rodgers so, and sat him behind Brett Favre for three years, and then he played in that third year early with Aaron Rodgers. But that's what Pace needs to do. Keep swinging until you don't miss. I mean, I'm not asking you to move up from three to two to draft one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I don't care what analysts had him at the top. All right, he was not the one of the best quarterbacks. Dude, went- well, let me let me say this right. Like, so my QB one in 2017 was Deshaun Watson. Yep. I didn't care about Trubisky or Mahomes at the time. Just I didn't even because- know who Trubisky was. I knew who Trubisky was, but um, because he played against Stanford, I guess in the Sun Belt Bowl at the time. But the point is, dude, is the fact that like what. No GM that knows how to build a franchise, right, would pass up on the guy who basically, even before he got to the NFL, people were saying, yo, this kid's the next big thing, right? That's just ultimately what it comes down to. It was just such blind judgment on Ryan Pace's part, right? Is they there was Watson was like the you can you know, you can swing on this guy. And he was like a surefire home run, essentially, is what he was. And then to your point about, you know, keep swinging until you eventually hit on a quarterback. Like, look, here's the thing. When he got to, when Pace got to Chicago, right, seven years ago, essentially, at this point, he talked about how, listen, I'm going to draft a quarterback every year. Dude, he's drafted one quarterback, and that's been Mitch Trubisky. The rest, right, have been... Matt Barkley, Brian Hoyer, um, Mark Sanchez was here, Chase Daniel, Tyler Bray, traded for Nick Foles, all right, you know, was paying way too much, was basically paying Chase Daniels $10 million a year to be a damn QB coach for Mr. Bisky, and it still didn't work out. So the point is, is that 50% of the damn quarterback issues are on pace. The other 50% though are on Nagy, because if you're Matt Nagy, right, you should go out and say, hey, this is what I need in a quarterback, even though you knew that Mr. Bisky was going to be starting, but what do you think? What do I think about this? I mean, it's just I like I went to the draft party in 2017, and as soon as I heard the Mitch Trubisky name, I just started punching air because I wanted Jamal Adams or Deshaun Watson. I mean, if you really look at that class, I put Jamal Adams at the top of my list, and then it went so uh, then it went Deshaun Deshaun Watson, Solomon Thomas, and then uh, I think it was Brandon Sherratt. I think I can't remember, but um, some some offensive line I can't remember who it was, but it's just I don't know, man. Like, what was the question again? I'm sorry. Just like, dude. So, what do you think of the whole like? It's it's a pace naggy conundrum, right? But kind of switching gears here is that like George talked about. Well, Brian and Pace are still growing in their roles, and you kind of do a look at it, dude. 
pace for an NFL GM is definitely much younger than you know the average age. And then you because he's only like he's in his early forties, right? The guy like isn't even yeah forty three, right? And then Nagy's obviously you know around the average age of a head coach, I would assume being in his like late thirties, early forties too. But George talked about, yo, these guys are still growing in their roles. Listen, one guy's been at it for six years for your franchise. The other guy's been at it for just got done with year three. Right. And the point is, is that like, you only have so much time in this league to actually build something. But what are your thoughts on McCaskey's comment of while pace and Nagy are still growing together? Well, I mean, I think it's more of a trust issue with the organization. I mean, you know, I think I think um, George McCaskey trusts these two to get the job done. I mean, it may not seem to the fans that like, hey, like, you know, we should fire these two because just because like they're not getting it done. But maybe the McCaskey's think that like in the past decade, if you look at the hires that they made at GM and at head coach, like let's let's just subtract Lovey Smith just for a second. You had Dick Juron, you had um, Jerry Angelo. You had Phil Emery, and now you're at Ryan Pace. That's four GMs in 20 years. I think 1999 was when Dick Jerron was hired. He got fired in 2003. I um, think Jerron was a head coach, but I believe they had. Oh yeah, like, yeah, sorry. I think it was like, dude. I'm pretty sure like it was someone by the name of like Mark Hatley or something. Might have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, Mark Hatley. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Dick Jerron was the head coach. Mark Hatley was the GM. And things went south there from 99 to 2003. They fired Hatley and they fired um, Dick Juron. And then Lovey Smith was bought in. Um, and then that's when Jerry Angelo was bought in. Um, and then, like, yeah, there is an argument that, like, Jerry Angelo had built contenders. You know, he built one in 2006 when the Bears went to the Super Bowl. And then he built one in 2010 when the Bears lost to the, the Packers in the NFC Championship. Right. And then the following season, I think it was, or the season after, no, 2001, yeah, no. So the following season it was, the Bears go 10-6, and six, and they fire Lovey Smith and, and um, Jerry Angelo and all the brass, right? But now you see the same thing that's going on, and the McCaskey family won't fire them because I, I personally think the McCaskies, like, it's not necessarily a thing for Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy. Like, like you mentioned it perfectly. Like Ryan Pace is forty three. Matt Nagy is probably younger than the average NFL coach in the in the league right now. They probably are just probably thinking that like let's just chill right now because we resetted I think five three times in the last twenty years and we we can't afford that to do it again with guys like Khalil Mack, um, Nick Foles, uh, high high player contracts. You know all the contracts that we gave out, Eddie Jackson, Khalil Mack. It may be very very difficult to get out of those contracts. So maybe in a couple of years you could like clean it all out and start up start over again in twenty twenty three or twenty twenty two. But right now they seem like all right. Let's just keep these two and let's see if they can turn it around um, by twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. I I personally think Nagy and Pace are going to be here till twenty twenty two. That's what I think. Yeah, I would say that the earliest we could expect any sort of real change would be the 2023 offseason yeah. when you do have a new you have the opportunity to have a new regime and, and a new um you know head coach and GM. But it's just like looking ahead, I think people have to understand, right? Is that it's just like today's kind of doom and gloom, but today's past is we have to continue to just like look forward and see what lies ahead. And I think that we've seen under this regime 
one time before when they traded for Khalil Mack. And I'm not saying they should go ahead and trade for any big name quarterback or anything, because I think that Carson Wentz is a more realistic. Well, let me touch on that, right? Carson Wentz is a more realistic option than Deshaun Watson, right? Just the big factor you're dealing with with both of them is the big contracts, right? But the point I'm making is the fact that in this league, it takes like one big move to get your franchise moving in the right direction. And maybe the, that's all the bears need is just one really big move compared to having to make like three to four other, you know, like smaller or like middling type moves like they did in 2019. I mean, instead of making one more big move to put the bears over the hump, what did they do? You go out, you let Amos walk, you, you know, go ahead and you sign Buster Screen to a deal. All right, you let Bryce Callahan walk. There was a lot of turnover for that 2019 team, and then in 2020, your big move was well. Let's go ahead, right? And um, you know, let me hand out the big contract to Robert Quinn and Jimmy Graham, right? Those things are all past us now. It's just like okay, maybe you just need one big move instead of three to four like smaller moves to go ahead and get the franchise moving in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I didn't necessarily agree with the Robert Quinn and Jimmy Graham contracts, um, but it is what it is. You know, now we're in 2021, and that's the past. So now you're going to have to like look at the cap and see what changes that we can make. And going forward, I would personally cut Jimmy Graham because he saves us money. Um, so, I mean, that's something that I would do because I love Cole Komet as a huge Notre Dame fan. I think that he could have a big second year. I mean, tight ends don't really start off in the NFL pretty hot um, unless you're George Kittle that had 500 yards and, like, seven touchdowns. But, um, you know, I really think that, like, you know, Cole Komet can grow into that role. But, like, I think Matt Nagy needs to find a way to use these guys a lot better because, you know, I'm not going to just sit here and blame the organization. I'm also going to blame our head coach, too, because he needs to know how to use our talent, too. So, I mean, you know, Bears fans, it's something that, like, you know, this hurts that they're back, but it doesn't matter anymore. This this is the stuff that we can't control. I mean, as fans, we can't control this stuff. So, I'm just willing to sit back and see what happens. I mean, if the Bears go 2-14 and 14 next year, guess what, baby? We'll run it back in 2022 and see what happens. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. You know, as a Bears fan, we've gone through, we've gone through like some highs and we've gone through a lot of lows. Um, and sometimes the decisions in the past hurt. But then again, it's, it's a business in the NFL. So you got to see what works and what doesn't. And there's a lot of things in 2019 after that 2019 season that didn't work. So now you have to go back and see what can we undo and what is more realistic to undo that we, we did in 2019 that affected 2020 and then go into 2021 with a, with a confident face. I mean, they have to do that. They've got to make some moves here. Yeah, they're going to have to do something, dude, to get this whole thing figured out. But it's just like you look at, you know, the comments regarding the six game losing streak today. And it was like, okay, well, that was adversity. They fought through it. They stuck through it. Dude, how many times are we going to continue to hear the same comments? It's just like we were on, what, like a four or five game losing streak last year before we beat in 2019, before we beat the Lions at Soldier Field. Yo, we heard the same stuff, okay? We last in last year's season and presser, right? I'm sure if I went through the thousands of emails that I have from, you know, the PR department. And I dug up just the quotes and whatnot, what Pace said. Pace was like, yo, we regressed in a lot of areas. Why did we regress? I don't think think they used the 2019, the 2020 season to answer the, hey, we regressed, but why did we go ahead and regress, right? And then you look at this year, it's just like, like I said, you know, the theme's going to be, can we get the quarterback position figured out? I mean, I have some crazy theory, which is basically that if Chicago was, you know, if Pace was as serious about figuring out the quarterback, position as he was the kicker position the bears would find a franchise quarterback 
Absolutely, man. I mean, look, you know, I mean, if if he wants to right his wrongs and go out and get Deshaun Watson, you're gonna have to give up a lot of picks. I think it's like three first round picks. I mean, I don't know if that's possible, but maybe three first round picks, a third round pick, a player maybe in another pick. So I mean, it's gonna be expensive. I mean, you're down at twenty overall. So I mean, you're gonna have to give that pick up too, because because the Texans are not gonna have a first round pick. So they might be interested in that trade. Um, but this is also a team that gave up this on uh, DeAndre Hopkins for peanuts, and. Yeah, Bill O'Brien isn't there anymore, but Bill O'Brien isn't that guy that signed off on the trade. It was Jack Esterby that signed up on that trade. And many people think that Bill, Bill O'Brien was the cancer to the Houston Texans. No, it goes higher than him. It's Jack Esterby and the, and the stooge that they just hired, Nick Cassiero. They're going to turn that franchise into a pile of rubble. Mark my words. These guys, Andre Johnson and Arian Foster, what they tweeted out yesterday, they're right, you know? And another thing I want to add, you said, is we, we talked about um, Matt Nagy's um, four years here. What did Philadelphia just do two days ago? They hired, they fired a Super Bowl winning coach. Yeah, they did. And and it just goes to show, you know, last thought for me here is just the fact that that's how quickly your fortunes can change in the NFL. So all it takes is one really good or really bad year to kind of, you know, get the arrow pointing in the is the arrow going to go upward or is it going to go downward and right now man for the bears like if you ask me where their arrow is at i would tell you okay it's totally sideways because we're not going up but we're not going towards totally rock bottom either right we're in a position where okay with a couple moves you know maybe with one big move like i just alluded to if we're smart about if the bears brass is smart about it this offseason they can fix them and get the arrow pointed and going up Absolutely. I mean, like, this is the perfect time to end uh, end this live show. But yeah, hey, I mean, if the Bears can, like, you know, um, face their adversity and like, I think it's a failure, but like if they can face their adversity and like they can go on and they can like put all these mishaps behind them and, and push them under the rug. I mean, like, that's not the right thing to do. Don't get me wrong. But like if they can just do that for an entire season next year, the team can be really good. I mean, just make the moves that you think it's smart. I mean, don't sign any overage players. Don't sign any underperforming players. I mean, like you did last year, but that's okay. Like I said, you can't go back in time and fix that. But like now you have to undo some things that you did in 2019 and the offseason after that season to go and see what you can do in 2021 because that that was the question that Jeff Bartlett, uh, Bartlett asked about like how was the transition from 2018 to now um, it's just man it's just a bunch of terrible decisions I mean that's all we can tell you it's just a bunch of terrible decisions but guys we appreciate you for being in this live show with myself agent decide four and you say kosher you can follow us both on Twitter agent decide four and you said kosher you said is there anything else you want to add before we sign off here uh no that's about it from my end guys our episodes drop though on wednesday mornings we just had a really good one drop this was a bonus episode that we decided to do last minute hopefully we're gonna do more live shows in the future it's gonna be a really fun off season we started this podcast about two months ago so you know follow us on all our social media platforms at barely underscore pod all right um you know we're gonna be here all off season guys breaking down everything bears for you so be sure to come back check us out yeah, man. Uh, we'll see you guys next next time. Thanks, guys. Bear down and just hope everything turns out to be a great offseason for us and we'll keep you updated for, with everything. Thanks, guys.